We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525 be covered up with that belt of truth. Help me to walk in truth. I want that breastplate of righteousness. And God, I know this. There's no righteousness in me, so clothe me in the righteousness of Jesus. And by the way, God, my mind is a battlefield, so help me capture every thought. Help me to remember your word so that I can make a difference as I walk through this life. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Now, if you hang out here much, if you hang out here much, you know this is not a place where we believe in what some would call the prosperity gospel. If you just do the right things or you just say the right things, you're going to have anything you want. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in this pastor's life, I could take all morning pointing pointing to specific things in my life where God has answered prayer. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be able to do that too. Because the same power that is in me is the power of Jesus Christ, and it's the power that conquered the grave. What if, what if we determined to always face the Father before we face the world? What if we said, God, I just want so much of you that everything else in this world that I'm trying to deal with, the chaos, the confusion, the crises we've all been through, God, I want to see you so much that like the hymn says, when I turn my eyes on Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Yeah, if we want to be witnesses for Jesus, it is talking about him. But according to Jesus, if we want to be his witnesses, it's going to involve talking to him. Jesus prayed. He prayed with others. He prayed for others. He, he, he prayed away from others. His life was a life of prayer. Andrew Murray said, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach, only to pray. To know how to speak to God is more than knowing how to speak to man. David Watson said, a quick glance at the gospel records will show that Jesus constantly taught, exhorted, encouraged, inspired his disciples to pray. Prayer was the breath that he breathed, the living force of his life, the secret of his astonishing ministry. Why? Here's why. Because God hears our prayers. If you were a follower of Jesus Christ, thanks to the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, you don't have to go through a pastor. You don't have to go through a priest. There's no curtain or veil you have to go behind, but the God of the universe who created your great-grandparents named Adam and Eve. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. But listen to this. The enemy, the fallen angels, Satan, the father of lies, he fears your prayers. You dress up, you come to church. He's not intimidated by that. You put a Bible and keep it on your bedside table, never open it. He, he just smiles at that. 
But you become a praying person and the enemy wakes up. That's why someone has said the devil trembles when he sees even the weakest Christian on his knees. That's why the apostle Paul says you want to fight the enemy and he's an enemy. He's a bad enemy. But you want to fight himself. You arm yourself in prayer. So you go to God and say, God, I I want to be covered up with that belt of truth. Help me to walk in truth. I want that breastplate of righteousness. And God, I know this. There's no righteousness in me. So clothe me in the righteousness of Jesus. And by the way, God, my mind is a battlefield. So help me capture every thought as you put on that helmet of salvation. Save me from my own thoughts, God, because the devil is attacking my mind. And so, God, give me that shield of faith so that I'm able to fight him when I don't see the way. Help me to walk in faith. And God, put my feet in the gospel shoes of peace so that whatever this world brings, I'll have a peace that passes understanding. And God, I don't want to just be defensive. I want to be offensive. So put in my hand the sword of the Spirit, your word. Help me to remember your word so that I can make a difference as I walk through this life. You begin to pray like that and see what happens. That's really all Jesus was saying when he gave us that model prayer. He said in Matthew 6, pray like this. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We've also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wanted to make this practical, so I, I went back to something I remember that I learned as a little boy so thankful that I have a praying mom and I had a praying dad who would bring prayer leaders to our church just to help us understand and teach us the ways to pray. And and, and one, when I was a little boy, said, if you just take that word pray, P-R-A-Y, and you think about the letters that make up that word, it can guide you through prayer. So he said, for example, it begins with praise. Make sure your prayer always begins with praise. That's why Jesus said, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Say holy is your name. So praise is just telling God who he is and that you love him, that you like him. Last night I watched my youngest son on stage performing a musical. And you've seen, if you've had children or grandchildren, you've seen what it does when you see them excel. And man, he excelled and it made me so proud. But I didn't want to keep that pride to myself. I wanted to let him know that I thought he excelled. I wanted to let him know that I loved him. That's what praise is to God. It's going to God and saying, God, I know that you're all-knowing. You're you're omniscient. I know that you're all-powerful. You're omnipotent. I know that you're ever-present. You're uh, omnipresent, God. But, God, I know that in my life, you've been the waymaker. You've been the miracle worker. You've been the light and the darkness. That is who you are, church. He is saying, to God. God, you're my mighty God. You're my everlasting Father. You're my Prince of Peace. You're, you're God who is with me. You're Emmanuel. You're the way, the truth, the life. You're the door. I, I can't enter into anything in this life without you, God. God, you're the beginning and the end of all that is good in me. You're the Alpha and the May, Omega. God, that is who you are. That's praise. And so you just spend some time praising God. And then that R reminds me of the importance of repentance. Because when I sin in my life, it's like clogging the arteries that connect to the heart of God. And so I want to confess. That's why David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
That's why John in the New Testament would say, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. But I don't have to go to a priest or a pastor, thanks to Jesus. I go straight to God and I confess. I repent of my sin. God, I blew it today. I don't like the way I talk to so-and-so. Or I don't, I don't, I'm sick of having these thoughts. Or, or Lord, I lusted with my eyes. Or, Lord, I, I, I took another drink. Or, or I took another pill. Or whatever it is that's coming into your life, I begin to get that right. I repent. And then after that, I ask God for what I need. Because now I'm prepared. I've made clear I know who I am and who he is. And then after I ask, what do I do? Jesus said to say, thy kingdom, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, I've now told you what I want, <laughs> but here I am. You're the author and the perfecter of my faith. You write the story. My yes is on the table, but I yield to you. So that's just a model, guys. That's not hard, is it? This means no, this means yes, okay? That's not hard. Let me give you another model. I learned this as a child. It's called the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. starts with adoration. You know what adoration is? That's praise. We've already gone through that. Then you go to confession. You know what confession is? That's repentance. We go through that. Then you get to thanksgiving. We didn't talk about that a while ago, but that's a good thing in praise, just to tell God how grateful you are. The Bible tells us to always be thankful. Then I get the supplication. And supplication is just a theological word that means asking. So in college, I began to apply this. I was a little more physically active at that time, and I would jog. And there was a loop at my college that was one mile. And so I decided I'm going to pray as I run, and I was going to pray this model, and I was going to do each for a mile. And so I first prayed prayers of praise and adoration. And then with a little less energy, I prayed prayers of confession. And I'll be honest, there were times I had to go into the third mile with confession because I wasn't finished. And then I'd pray prayers of thanksgiving. And then if I had any more energy, I could get to the fourth mile. And the fourth mile was when I really began to cry out to God for the needs and the wants of my life. I want you to be a fourth miler, but I want you to go through the process of prayer. Because I believe that's the way God works and he hears us and he begins to show up in our lives in a mighty way. It doesn't matter how you pray, but it does matter that you pray, that you have personal prayer and, and then that you have corporate prayer. Do you know that we give you opportunities to be involved together and pray? Some of you may not realize this, but if you were to ask me, Pastor, I can only choose an hour and a half a week. When should I come? I would say show up at 6.30 on Wednesday night to what we call House of Prayer. And I don't preach, but we worship and we pray. This Wednesday when we gather at 6.30, we're going to take communion and remember what Jesus has done for us. House of Prayer. Do you know every Thursday, Pastor Zach hosts a prayer call? All you got to do is ask him for the phone number. You could get in on that. It's in the morning, every Thursday morning. About six weeks ago, God prompted my heart that I needed to stop expecting him to I'm looking out at an almost full room today as I say this, that I needed to stop expecting God to do something on Sunday if I've not called the church to cover it in prayer on Saturday. And so 
a handful of us began meeting right here in this room at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, just as we did yesterday. Not preaching, just praying, just seeking the face of God. You can be a part of that. You don't have to be a member. You don't have, it's not a club. You see there are opportunities. You, you want to go to the next level? Pastor Zach leads a prayer team under my leadership that he'll reach out to and call and we'll pray when something big's going on and we just need guidance or wisdom or we need God to work a miracle. Did you know that we want prayers just like Charles Haddon Spurgeon had that were the furnace of that church, that powered and fueled that church, but we can't get people to consistently say they'll pray during a service. Some of you would say, hey, I can come to the second service, but I want to pray in the first service. Where can I go pray? Pray that God's heart would be stirring in, in people's lives. Pray that marriages would be healed. Pray that financial freedom would be experienced. Pray that addiction is broken. Do you understand there's power in prayer? And then today we're introducing something that every one of you can do. It's called Bless Every Home. You've got this little card on your seat. Some of you are uncomfortable because you didn't realize you were sitting on it. I want you to take that. It's got a website. You can go to this website and sign up. You can just scan that QR code in the back or sign up. Or you can go to your phone and go to the Apple uh, Play, the Google Play Store or the App Store on your iPhone, and you can download the app called Bless Every Home. What happens when you sign up? You become a light where you live, and it gives you an opportunity every day to pray for your neighbors. Some of you in this room are my neighbors because you live within the 100 or 200 homes that are closest to me, and I pray for you regularly because every morning, five names pop up. I look this morning just to begin to pray through those due. I, I get an email every morning. I look to see who they were. You know who the first name on my list today was? It's Kimberly Purvis. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny that I'm telling you this today. That's the first name because we live in our neighborhood. That's kind of a novel thought, but we're there. And so, you know what I did? I gave me an opportunity. I prayed for some of these other names. One of these other names, this lady used to be on staff long before I came to this church. She used to be a part of this church. Now she's physically ill and has been for almost 15 years in a devastating way. So I could pray for Miss Barbara, but I could, I prayed for Kimberly. And, you, you know, I just said, thank you, God, for my wife. And I know she's weary this morning, and I know she's physically hurting, but God, I thank you for her. And, and did you know that by me praying, I'm becoming a light and fulfilling the mission of this church to shine with the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill? And every one of you can do this. The only reason you wouldn't do this is just because you don't want to. It doesn't cost you anything. You can walk through your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors. You could just look at it on the app or on the email. We want you to do that. My friend Mike Kahn is here. He has a real passion for this to get all the neighborhoods in Tampa Bay prayed for. He's working with the founder of this ministry. He'll be at our Got Questions tent at the close of this service. Uh, Pastor Zach will be there. We want you to get involved in this. That's a way you can make this message practical. Well, I like what Philip Yancey said. He said, prayer, prayer is the act of seeing reality from God's point of view. How are you seeing reality? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you 
You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Now, I can't preach on this even passionately without answering a question some of you are asking. I said, Pastor, I think I'm saved. I pray but I don't think I hear from heaven. I don't know if my prayers are making a difference. What can keep our prayers from working? Because there are some things biblically. Can I just walk through those very fast for you? Number one, we're not praying. <laughs> so that's easy, right? But but Jesus said, and then the half-brother of Jesus wrote it down in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. We're not asking. Number two, we're not praying sincerely. So we're like what Jesus would call the hypocrites or the Pharisees. And so Jesus said, when you pray, first go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty words. So it, it's not, I, I had a friend when I was growing up, occasionally I would hear his dad pray. And his dad was just a good old country boy. But when he prayed, it was like he felt like he had to use these big theological words that he never used in his life. Jesus says, don't do that. Just be sincere. Max Lucado, he says this. He says, God likes to chat in the closet. He is low and fancy, but high on accessibility. Maybe it's because we're praying selfishly. We've not gone through that pattern of prayer and so we're like what's said in James 4 3 you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly it's all about you maybe it's because we're praying for show again Jesus talked about the hypocrites in Matthew 6 5 when you pray do not be like the hypocrites who stand and just want people to hear them talk maybe it's because we're praying while we're sinning do you know in Psalms it says in 66 and verse 18 that if I had cherished sin in my heart the Lord would not have listened. Remember, sin clogs the arteries that give you a pathway to God's heart. So the first prayer you need to pray is a prayer of confession. Maybe it's a, rec uh, a relationship issue. If you're unreconciled in relationships, I'm telling you, your prayer don't have the power. Matthew 5, 23 says, if you're offering your gift to the altar and they remember that your brothers has something against you, leave the, altar before, leave the gift before the altar and, and be reconciled to your brother. And, and this is an important one. If you're married, and I think it applies both ways, by the way, but listen to what it says in 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you to the grace of life. Then it says, does anybody know this? So that your prayers will not be hindered. If you're married, or you ever hope to be married, just know you don't treat your spouse right. It affects your prayer life. That's sinful. It's not me, that's scripture. Or we're just stubborn. 
Proverbs 28, 9 says, if one turns his, his ear away from hearing, so you don't like the truth when you hear it, <laughs> you just say, My, thumb your nose to it. You're turning your ears away. It says, even your prayer is an abomination. Or we're not praying in the Spirit. Remember, Paul says in Ephesians, pray in the Spirit at all times. Chapter 6, verse 18. Or we just stop praying. You give up. Luke 18, 1 says, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to pray and not lose heart. Well, the last reason that I believe your prayers may not be answered is just you're not saved. Maybe you've gone through the religious motions and you're, I don't know, you got a, you got a list behind your name. You've been Baptist and Catholic and Methodist and Episcopal and Lutheran, Assembly of God, Presbyterian, non-denominational, I miss anything, Episcopal. Or you've gone through a bunch of rituals, like you went to church class or first communion or you raised your hand one day or you said a prayer or you were dipped in a baptistry. But you know you've never begun or you've never been changed. And if that's never happened, you're, you're, God has the right to say the only prayer I want to hear from someone who doesn't know me is the prayer of salvation. But here's the great thing. That's how you know God, just through a prayer. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I don't understand that. That seems amazing. But that, that's why we can celebrate Kahari today. That, that's why today we celebrated another in the earlier service who gave their life to Christ because you don't have to have all the knowledge of the Bible to come to Jesus. You just got to cry out to him in prayer and say, God, I'm ready. And some of you need to do that in a minute. Oh, there's so much more I could say, but let me just say this. We may not always see the answer to our prayers. But God always answers our prayers. Just like he did for Dr. William Leslie. In 1912, he went to the Congo as a missionary. He served for 17 years in the tribal region. And like many on the mission field, he left thinking he had not made any difference at all. He died just nine years later. 1912, he went there. In 2010, a team led by Eric Ramsey, another mission organizational, went to that same part of the Congo where Dr. Leslie was stationed. And they found an amazing discovery. There were Christians in every village. And there was a church planting movement, planting churches in every village. And there were churches that had choirs that gathered to worship God in every village. And they didn't expect to find that. And yet when they did the research, every one of those movements of God was traced back to this man who had died 84 years earlier thinking God didn't answer his prayers. My God answers prayers. How would your world be different 30 days from now if you walked away today committing to being a person of prayer? 
how would our church be different? Who would be in heaven 30 days from now or headed to heaven 30 days from now? If you were committed to praying for those around you that don't know Jesus. So here's where I am. I think we've got to make a decision. If we don't believe what this book says about prayer is true, why pretend to hold on to anything else it says, right? Why would we? We just pick and choose the things we think it says is right. But if what the Bible says about prayer is true, and I am a follower of Jesus, why would I wait another moment to become a person of prayer? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.